coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves, that, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Monday. Starter Hammer text line is cranking. 402-464-5685. You can call in the Honda Lincoln Hotline. You can follow on the Starter Heyman live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Let's bring them in. Let's bring them in. Let's bring them in. Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman, Captain. What's good? What's happening? Man, it's all good. It's uh, <laughs> anytime uh, – you know, Nebraska loses the way they did and then not be first on the uh, news line because of <laughs> good old Oklahoma. It's all good. Amazing how things uh, change from what the offseason Nebraska was scared to play Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's going to the SEC, right? Now look on They lost their coach. Now they're about to experience something that uh, they probably never thought they would have to experience again um, because they experienced it uh, – you know, when John Blake and those guys were there. What's the biggest factor of this? Is it because they're moving to the the changing conferences, going to the SEC, or is it because you had a guy who you thought was going to be a long-term fix? Bob Stoops built that bad boy up into a powerhouse, mm-hmm. you know, obviously won a national championship and well-respected. Um, not only as a recruiter, developer, but they could beat anybody anywhere, anytime, you know, for the most part, you mm-hmm. know. Um and then he handed it over to Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley was the chosen one. I'm sure Bob Stoops could have stayed on a few more years, but the pressure was upon him to hand it over to Lincoln Riley because you got to remember the Dallas Cowboys were thinking about hiring him as because he was offensive coordinator. You know, and so he—I wouldn't say he got pushed out, but it was you know it was one of those things. And um, you know, then he went. To, you know, he's obviously in the in the booth. You know, where I think yeah, I forget who he works for, but uh, and he does a good job at that. But you know, and then they make that move where they want to keep, you know, pushing the envelope and, you know, up the uh, up in the uh, brand power of their program, right? They th- they felt like they, uh, specifically them, because they've been the most consistent winner. They've been in the the playoff uh, at least twice um, and obviously didn't fare well. But, uh, you know, they, they wanted to increase their brand power in, in between them and Texas. They're the more established program, both, you know, in the Big 12 and nationally. And... Uh, and you do that, you know, you make that type of move with the assumption that their head coach, which is, you know, a high-profile head coach um, with his offense and, and recruiting, you know, X, Y, and Z is going to be there. You, you know, they probably still would have might have made the move, but I'm sure the assumption um, and never th- thinking that Lincoln Riley was going to leave, you know, within a few months of making the move – was part of the decision. You don't make a move like that thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to lose our coach in six months or however many months. Are, are these programs making the statement that these are coaching programs? Are these player programs? Or are these money programs? As Which one as- has the biggest impact on these programs? Because Oklahoma's finding out 
One, it's partnerships matter. Two, it's finding out that it's leadership matters. Three, it's also trying to figure out that, okay, how is the, the previous two affecting our money? Right. Like that's going to be ultimately how this plays out. Do they know what the priority is? Do folks uh, know? Well, they're, find, they're finding out. Oklahoma's finding out right now, but it uh, just depends on what university you're at. I mean, I'm sure the players, are, you know, play a big part because, you you know, the coaches aren't going to get paid unless you got, got good players, so forth and so on. That's going to increase your brand power, X, Y, and Z. But what Oklahoma's, you know, understanding is that uh, as appealing as that job, a blue blood job like that is, right? Everything's set up to, you know, you could have stayed in the Big 12 and dominated probably for the next 10, 15 years, I assume, right? It'll just been just rinse, wash, repeat. Um, they're realizing that uh, USC came in there with a, you know, bigger bag and bigger opportunity, um, and even though you are a better program than them right now. And uh, there was something more appealing about going out to California. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the ability to kind of do the same thing out there and turn around really quick which Lincoln Riley didn't have to do. Bob Stoops handed him a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. um, so this is going to be a you know a new uh, <clears throat> new task for him. It's going to be new uh, type of uh, boosters and donors that he's going to have to deal with. Um, it's a different type of uh, people out there, but it, I think that he'll be able to handle it. Uh, considering that the you know they're probably making a large investment as far as like the years of the contract and the money and and other things that are going to come with it, but Oklahoma's getting a getting a crash course into uh, what the SEC is like because you could be down there and be and have a coach that may be doing well, and next thing you know he might go to another SEC school. You know that that's that's a bigger and better opportunity. So um, you know look they they you know I'm sure that this is sent tidal waves and, and angst through their whole alumni program and, and just their whole deal. And they're reeling from it. And, um, you know, they're going to have to make a, either a short-term hire, which could easily be stoops again. stoops again to kind of, you know, bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean there's going to be success next year either. You know, that's Lincoln Riley's deal down there. And, and are, that's are, the, are the systems that different between stoops and Riley? The leadership styles are different, right? And so that's that. There's the difference. And so Lincoln Riley has recruited to his leadership style and his type of player. That doesn't mean that they're going to go down there. That they're going to be two and ten next year. Right. But it's not going to be just Bob Stoops. Insert Bob Stoops, eleven and one. Also, the fact that look, you're now you're you're now like you know. You're like Pony Boy. You're the outsider. Right. You're the outsider. And so, right? you know, whether, you know, you've you watched the Bedlam game, whether that should have been a pass interference call or not. You ain't getting You, you ain't getting no more calls. <laughs> right. And it, even if you try to go back and renege on leaving, which I doubt, I, you know, I doubt they're going to do, you're, you know, you're, they, they don't want you anymore, you know, probably anymore. So, you know, Oklahoma is not a total fish out of water, but they're not on solid ground anymore. How many of their – I mean, there's going to be a large percentage of their players who re reconsider their agreement with the university. Well, they're, they're the number one receiver already decommitted. Number one quarterback decommitted. Right. Like, he's out. He's in the transfer right. Whether Yeah, whether he decides to go and go out to USC, you got one – you got a free transfer. So Does he follow a guy that he wasn't so sure about? Well, Does it make sense for Rattler to follow him? Well, because he probably well Rattler's going to try to go somewhere where he just plays one year, so that yeah, it would make it. It would make it would, and depending on the relationship they that they had when he got benched, mm -hmm. and how that relationship continued along, 
you know, first when it happens, obviously, you know, it's going to put a little jam, you know, a little jam it up a little bit. But um, depending on what Lincoln Riley's, uh, you know, telling him, and, and that's if he chooses to go out there with him. I mean, Spencer Rattler is going to be able to have his choice of where he wants to go. And, and so when you think about the transfer portal, it's working to his advantage. 99.9% of the guys that go into transfer portal is now working to your advantage. And he'd still get drafted if he decided to go pro. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, but he, I'm like sure he'd he's still get drafted. He'd right. still get drafted. Right. Yeah. And so he's, he can't make a wrong decision. He just got to make the right decision. That's going to maximize his draft status. Are, are we burying the lead? Can USC be elite again soon? Oh yeah. Right. Oh, so yeah. from, a, from a talent standpoint, does USC, because it's in California, have access to better, greater skilled players than Oklahoma? Uh, sure, top to bottom. Um, even Clay Helton, the last couple of years, they poured a whole bunch of money into recruiting. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, I think Dante Williams, I think his name is, who's the interim head coach, is was a big part of that. I think they got him from San Jose State, but then – their last two recruiting classes, at least the last year's, was up there, and they got all the top players or all the big targets from California. So that lets you know, um, one, they are on the uptake in recruiting. Lincoln Riley's only going to maximize that. And then also they their skill position guys, you know, in the state of California, there's a plethora of guys to choose from. So that's going to help him and his system turn around right there and in in USC is that school in the Pac-12. So the turnaround there, it should have the expectations within a year or two. <laughs> and and, it, and if it's not, then you have to do look directly at the head coach. Cuz I would say because you, you because you can you you have access to not only California kids, West Coast kids, you got But you're getting Texas kids too. You're getting Texas, you can get any kid you want at USC. Yeah. To come from anywhere. So the turnaround there should be definitely um, because you have the, the homegrown, like, pool. What's well, the standard is yeah. set locally. Right. You have the homegrown pool to pick and choose. It's, so let me – that that's really interesting. So what schools have that ability to recruit everywhere like you just said USC does? That they literally right. could just make – there's a time when Nebraska could do that. They can't do that now. Yeah. Well, USC can, but they don't really have to. Right, because there's, that, that's there's what, just that's, so I mean, many California kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Ohio State can, but they don't really have to. You can be very picky and choosy. Alabama can, but they don't really have to. What makes UC, in my opinion, USC really, really appealing is the support, alumni, the structure, um, everybody. I mean, their 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 athletic department, their AD, everything's kind of been on point. You're like they're, they're When they hire their AD, it's almost as higher – is is what's well, a bigger deal as their head coach? Well, that's a gatekeeper, right? But it's a big deal though, and <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody yeah. and and you know their alumni is very very involved, um, and so uh, so when you have a pool of players in every single position that you can recruit right in your home state, that makes it easier to go out and recruit other states. So they don't have to go and build their team from 49 other, sta- other states. They can build the majority of their team right in you know in their state line. So that's where – and they are the school in California, right? So just say like Florida or even like Texas. Like Texas, Texas A&M. 
real this, close. Real close, real close. right? Um, Florida, Miami, Florida, Florida State. Yeah, so you, that's three. California is USC, and then everybody else, there's a distinct – when you start for number two, there's a big gap. And there's a difference in them because Cal and Stanford are academic – Academic schools, and so, UCLA has never really been a football school. Which is just bananas. Well, yeah, because USC has been that school. Well, you would think and that USC, they, they, it's California's USC and the Lakers. When you're on talk radio, it's yeah. USC and the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, you would think you, you <laughs> so, would think. Yeah, you would think that UCLA just being in the neighborhood, yeah, would have figured like, hey, I, we need to because we're the rival, so we should be actually pretty right good there. at this. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a that's why it's a, it's appealing. That's why you had heard that it was going to be Urban Meyer, you know, for a while and. You know, the funny thing about Lincoln Riley, when he, he they asked him about the, the LSU job, he looked, <laughs> he looked right in there and said, man, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU. <laughs> right then, right then, if I was like the AD or alumni, yeah. your, 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 yeah. your antennas, your antennas should have went up. Yeah. Because if he was going to be at Oklahoma, he said, I'm I'd not been, going. I'd I'm, have been I'm in here. Oklahoma. I'd be in Oklahoma. So he woke up the next morning. Surprise, and then you can't say he, li- he lied because he technically he didn't lie. <laughs> you didn't ask me about but, USC. But, okay. You didn't ask me about USC. A- am I am I slightly childish for just wanting coaches to just say, "Yeah, I'm out." No, right? Like, I mean, wouldn't it be? Like, the, I understand the business, but to understand or, or accept that every coach at a power five program would just basically lie to your face. But that's really the, isn't that's really is. isn't a good place to be, right? That's the, I mean that's just part of the deal. It's called coach speak. I <laughs> is that what it's called? My yeah, grandma say, called "Baby, coach, that's a lie." It's called, <laughs> it's called coach speak. Baby, he lied to you. That's yeah. Well, it's <laughs> called coach speak. That's the way it is. Oh, you can't. I mean, just think you can't. I mean, in order to keep guys on on a team, if you're a coach, you gotta not lie to them, but you gotta. Well, this kinda... is what Ben says. Ben says on the text, he literally just texted. I guarantee you, at some point in the last few weeks, Lincoln Riley has preached about loyalty to his team. Sure. Right. And at some point, I hope it's just me. This is just me getting on soapbox for a minute. I hope at some point, coaches become the people they ask their players to be. So you would think, like, because you know USC had probably been talking to his agent for at least a couple of weeks. Right? right. So you want him to get in the front of the team and say, hey, man, we're about to play Bedlam. Mm-hmm. National TV. Uh-huh. Everything's on the line. Mm-hmm. But I just want to let you guys know, man, I got this offer from USC, and this thing is off the chains. So well, while we go out to practice today. Well, John Wooden, John Wooden told his players, you know what, I'm done. Like, I'm just done. Yeah, he told him he's done. He didn't well, say he was leaving them. But, but For another tr- school. To say that we want coaches that aren't trustworthy? Look, if you can look me dead square in the eye and lie to me, I can't follow you. Like, that's just, like, I, I know this coach speak. But, man, at some point, it'd be really cool for the yeah, for the people, be, for the people in charge to just tell people the truth. Like, I understand you're doing business, right? You, but when, you're doing but business. when would you tell them, though? You tell them when, it, when you know. But what if he? What if he technically didn't know after he could decompress that? You playing against Oklahoma State is not bigger than your integrity. It's not. Well, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that if he didn't really think about it, he put he put Oklahoma a win over a loss over Oklahoma State over his personal integrity. Because if I'm anybody that's ever been recruited by him, 
I'm going to record that and I'm going to play it on a tape every time that dude say something. Because it's like, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe but, you because so you would, lied when would you, to me. When would you have told the team? I would have told the team soon the moment I, I, I knew. Okay, so what if his moment was when he told him? Because USC hadn't called him before that moment, and they hadn't talked numbers. I mean, I'm numbers. just asking you. I mean, they could be talking numbers, but you don't necessarily know until you really feel like, you know, we've got to you know, go and, you know, get home and talk to his you know, wife and all that stuff. Well, all of that stuff is in play. Look, I've been in that situation where I was going to leave, leave the school that I was at, and I told the players the moment I knew. So he probably told them what he knew. Okay, so if, if that's what he did, cool. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's funny. He just they just forgot to ask about USC though. No, they, they probably, asked him about LSU, and he was just like, "I will not be the head coach at LSU." Right. I understood that you, in theory, told the truth, but your players know what you told them, right? And some of them right. folks are real not happy today. Like they all over the internet saying, "Look, that ain't what I was told. That's yeah, not what I committed right, to." They'll be all right. Okay. I, I, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's just part of the business. I mean, that I mean, it's kind of like. You know, when the players here and, and coaches got, you know, let, let go, whereas this, I, I get it in theory. You, you come and you play for a coach and you're going to expect him to be here, but you also have to understand that, you know, he's got to do what's best for him as if, you know, he's coaching and you got a chance to go to the league and you leave early. So what happens to a player to say, well, listen, coach. They get the transfer this ain't, portal. This ain't, what, what this ain't what's better for me, coach. Well, that's why they go in the, that's why they go in the transfer portal. <laughs> you know, they say, hey, coach, I know, I know <clears throat> that's you. That's what the transfer portal is for, right? Yeah, I mean, have... when you go in there and you hear something that you don't like, what do you think the players tell you? I got to do what's best for me, right? Mm-hmm. I talk to my family and friends. But they're being honest about it. See, the players well, are forced to be honest. Right, about but it. you can't tell me that. They, they, you can't tell players me. Players can't even talk to another coach until they've gone into the portal. Right, but but you know who else talks to them? Uncle Rollo and, and, uh, and, and we, Uncle We Jimmy. don't control the people that ain't part of the program. It's the people. Right. Look, the but at the end of the day, the, the at leader. The, at the end of the day, it's it's just part of the business. It's not I, about being leaders. The players go into the transfer portal when they announce when they're going in the transfer portal. You can't tell me that they hadn't been thinking about it six games ago. I'll, I'll, I'll answer this one from the text line. It says, then you can't follow or admire Michigan State head Mel Tucker. You flat out lied the day before he left Colorado to the players and media and already knew he was leaving. Uh, ask Hondo, Hondo Carpenter if he admires Michigan State head coach, how dumb they were to reward that lack of integrity. Here's my thing. If people stop rewarding that nonsense or stop doing that business, that type of business, look, I get it. I understand the business side of it. I'm just – all I'm saying in this, at some point, it would be really cool – to have people be honest about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Like, that's the nerve of me to ask that people just do basic level stuff. Like, be a grown-up. Be a man and say, look, I need to do this. And here's what's right for me right now. But you you deserve to know what it is that I'm doing. And I'm not saying Lincoln Wright didn't tell his, tell his players. I'm saying that Lincoln Wright's players said he didn't tell his players. So, okay, he got to live with that. Whatever business is being done in this coaching profession that is, it's my hope at some point that it becomes a little bit more uh, transparent, open. And I I get it. I just want better for it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it don't really bother me. I mean, it's it's part of the deal, dude. I mean, it's it's no different than getting cut where you in the NFL and you're there and, and you're supposed to, you know, you make the team, you get cut. It's just part of the deal. I mean, I get it. Yeah, you'd like him to tell the players, and it's a little different because it's college. 
But ultimately, you know, they say you should pick the college, not the coach, because you just never know. There's no more longevity anymore in college football. <laughs> so it's just, it just is what it is. Like you're, you're working from a different place in it. So I can't. I'm not telling you how to do that business. I'm just talking about for me sitting on the sideline. Uh, but, but you can't ask for something that the players don't do, though. How about asking for that from the players too? You ain't gonna get it because everybody is taught. When decisions are made, they're not made on the on the spur of the moment. So you can't. Now, you could say the adult in the room and all that, but you could – I mean, there's guys that have been on teams up, up until the point that they send out a tweet saying that they're on the – they're, they're not <laughs> Why are you telling anywhere. your friends, Jay Forever? They don't <laughs> I ain't telling them no friends. I'm just saying there's there's guys that, that – that, that, there's nobody on the team this year. Right. So, there's guys that have been on a team uh-huh. that have talked to people in the – uh, you know, on the team or on an organization, and be like, "Yeah, I'm here." And the next thing you know, an hour later, you get it. You can't. At the end of the day, yes, yeah, sh- should Lincoln and Riley have been forthcoming after a loss? Maybe so, but ultimately, he's coaching that game until you know the game's over, and he wants to keep the kids focused. Until he's not coaching. I, I get all that. And then Let's the go. players, yeah, you have every right to be mad that your coach left, right? Yep. But at the end of the day, it's a coaching profession, and. That you know, if he if he's making five million at Oklahoma, he's get ten million at at USC. Well, that changed his mind. So you deal with it. Pull up your big boy pants and then welcome, <laughs> to, welcome to welcome to college football, man. I mean, that's the, I mean, the, not, the, not the to coaches be, are doing big business, and these are teenage kids who are are following these dudes. Like that's like, again at some point. Right, but what's the difference than a coach recruiting a kid and then leaving? After after I think it's period. all I think if you if you offer somebody But that's uh, what he has to do in order to order to To get to, them to, to, no to keep his did what he's doing, you know, to go to his next job. There's there's obligations. You can't talk about a contract until your agent's like it's done. Right. So you can't expect him to talk about something until it's done. And so <laughs> that contract didn't go in effect until when was Bedlam over? Oh, uh, I just 10? think it's so, so that ma- about 1 a.m. after that flight. <laughs> so from the bed. He got a text be- in the third quarter. So, hey, looks hey, like you I in gar- <laughs> hey, no, hey, I guarantee you he got that text at halftime. Uh, he played it over so smooth in the postgame, though. They asked him about they asked him about uh, other coaching, and he stopped the reporter because – I'm not going to LSU. Right, right, yeah. I'm not taking any more questions about it. Right, right. And that was it. I was like, well, he didn't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he so didn't go to LSU. Try, try that at home today, Rico. <laughs> I, mm, I'm not going somewhere to make ten million dollars. So, try, try. Oh, so the amount makes it okay. Uh, you not really, but you wild. <laughs> look, I know Rachel will be like, no, she'd be waiting for you at the door look, with a bat. Look, <laughs> we're not talking about my my personal uh-huh. life, right? Let's go. Re- Sailor Rico has been waiting. We're sitting on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Rico, what's up? What up, DP? What's Happy 420. What's happening? Uh, not a whole lot. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We did. Uh, I've kind of been out of the area, so I missed the last couple of days. Here's what I say about loyalty, though, DP. If you want loyalty, join one of the services. Join the military. You'll get all the loyalty that you need and ever wanted there because that's where it belongs. There is no loyalty anymore in this game of college athletics. It just is the way it is, and I'm okay with that, I guess. Once the money comes flowing in, that's what happens, though, with loyalty. Understood. Um, Understood. Another another observation, I think I've said this before, maybe not on your show, but on this station, is uh, my just 
my understanding of Trev Alberts, the true consummate professional, look, guys, he looked at the landscape and he said, this is not the year to, to try to find a new coach. And w- once you see the dominoes start to fall, uh, which Lincoln Riley was totally unexpected from my perspective anyway, but, but that's the first domino. Um, you know what? Nebraska would have had a hard time uh, finding a good coach even up against, like, Louisiana, it would have been difficult. I believe so. So I think Trev Alberts has read the tea leaves very well. I think he understands what's at stake. I'm also hearing rumors about coaches. I hope they're true of what, I'm, what I've read and what I've heard because that sounds like a really good start um, to the problems on offense. Um, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But, no, I think this was a, a good play by Alberts because – this is not going to be a good year for Nebraska to try to get a coach. It just isn't. And I'd like to know your thoughts on that, guys. Jay? And have a great day. You guys run a great show. really appreciate it. Thank you. Jay, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure maybe it crosses mind, but I don't think think that uh, keeping Scott was based on the amount of open jobs there was. I think he really believed that, you know, within – you know, certain things changing. Obviously, you've seen it. Uh, that would help him progress and progress and progress very quickly. You know, regardless of who comes in here, you know, the you know, the best teams are led by the players. So the players have got to decide, 100%. This is the way we're going to do it, and we're going to do it the right way, and it's not just the average way. So, yes, you can get an offensive coordinator and kind of draw up the X's and O's and run all that stuff. You got to block on the line. You got to defend the run. You you don't do that, you ain't winning. So, I don't care who you bring in here. You know what I'm saying? Until you do that, I don't care who's calling the plays, and I don't care what plays are called. So, um, you know, there's plenty of stuff to go around, but I think, you know, Trev has confidence in Scott, so I think that superseded anybody else out there. Just because there's coaching vacancies doesn't mean there's good coaches out there. You know what I mean? And uh, everybody's it's a crapshoot. It's just like recruiting. You don't know who you got until you get them here and see what they how they adapt. I'm sure – Florida didn't think Dan Mullen was going to fail, right? I'm sure um, th- they didn't. They didn't hire Texas Dan. Didn't. Th- th- no, no, yeah, I'm not right? saying. I just don't. I don't, I just don't think Dan Mullen really failed that hard. He had a winning record until this season, right? But Florida don't care though. Yeah, they yeah. Had, they had Sharkonundo, and he had a winning record. Yeah, he went to two SEC championships or two SEC championships in like his first three years. Two. Yeah. Okay. So Sharkonundo that was there before was successful. So it doesn't matter. What what I'm saying is every every administration is looking at everybody else and seeing how they're doing it, and then they're pushing the panic button majority of the time, and it's a crapshoot. They just hired the dude from where, Louisiana, mm-hmm. right? So he's got about a year and a half to kind of get everybody together and see what he can do. Now, Dan Mullen and those guys always had recruiting classes, so if he kind of comes in and, and has a different program, that's good. But also, you got to think, Dan Mullen won there, so – there is a, a there is a foundation of winning there. It's not like you you know you're starting from scratch. So, um, I don't think that really had. I mean, it, it really was the the a big deal. I know people was like, oh well, there's a lot of openings, so it's hard to get a good coach. That's that's fine. You know, the best coaches, the best coaches have players that want to be led. You know, and that's the best leaders. People that want to be led. People that want to be pushed. A good player just likes to, to do the same thing every day. Great player wants to be always challenge and all that stuff and it's in everybody and everybody's got to want to do it and everybody's got to want to rise to the occasion yes losing sucks right but ultimately if you're mad about your coach getting fired you got to look at it was i part of it 
Well, that's another discussion. No, that's the discussion. Right? That, that is another discussion. Look at Jay Foreman putting back on the player. Like, he was it's like, not putting back on the player. It's, it's realistic. I've been there when coaches got I fired. I disagree with you. I, I just mean, like your transition. I mean, you were. I mean, God forbid. It was a great transition. It was a nice yeah. crossover, just, just right? Just leave it. Like that was a, that was a, a was pure fantastic. Kenny Anderson crossover. Like that was. Look at you. Like that was a straight. professional. Look, That's no, how I do it. No, no, we'll throw it to break. Tim, don't go anywhere. We'll get to you. Appreciate Tim, it. dog. Like don't, don't, don't panic. We'll, we'll get to you. We'll throw it to break. More old school on ninety three seven The Ticket. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on ninety three seven The Ticket and theticketfm.com. As a cloud leader at Deloitte, I get to work every day with innovators who don't just wonder what's possible, they engineer it with cloud. If you're one of those people, you'll like Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, where my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with business leaders and explore how to use cloud to impact business models, revenue streams, workplace cultures, AI adoption, and more. Join me, David Lenticum, by subscribing to OnCloud, where you get your podcasts. 